My sister, Lori Vallow, murdered her children, Tylee and JJ, and buried them in a pet cemetery. And we're all trying to make sense of it. So let's talk about it. And welcome back <laughs> to our third session, our third podcast here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the comments. Uh, we'll we'll be handling those later. Today's um, subject is about a subject near and dear to each of us, Adam's brother, Alex, um, Alex Cox, who most people know as the, the family assassin, I guess. Most people believe he's the one that did the actually killing. Obviously, he's the one who killed Charles um, when he shot him, claimed it was self-defense. People have seen videos of him. Um, a lot of people have commented on how much he and I look alike. Mm-hmm. That's a um, a fair representation, sometimes painful, as it was <laughs> for him <laughs> while he was alive. Mm. Alex uh, passed away of what the coroner said were natural causes. I don't know who believes it was natural causes. The timing's just not um, realistic. So that's an open investigation. But we want to talk more about Alex himself and give you some insight. And when we give you family insight, please know that we are, we don't excuse the actions of Lori, Alex, or anyone that was involved, but we want to give you some insights. And so there are some things we talk about that are positive about them. Like we'll be talking about Alex Kigrief is hilarious. And as a stand-up comedian, he was he was funny. But please don't misconstrue the fact that we're talking about some of their good traits uh, to think that we are excusing the unspeakably evil actions that they uh, that they took and the murders that they committed. Um, but Adam uh, and I were close. Of course, I'm, I'm sorry, Alex and I were close, and. Um, he lived with me for a while, and and uh, I would go down to Phoenix to watch his stand-up comedy. Um, but certainly, I don't have the experience with him that Adam does. Adam, what kind of insights can you give us? Well, when you talk about your brother, you grow up with your brother. Think about everybody listening right now or watching right now. You know, how do you feel about your brother? Think about your brother. And I know there's some people that are watching and listening right now. One of the reasons we're doing this podcast is to kind of help families and people who have families that have tragedies happen in their family to deal with how do you deal with it, the afterlife after whatever tragedy happened to your family. Um, But with Alex, um, you think about, you know, growing up with Alex, he's, you know, like Rex said, he was uh, wanted to be a comedian growing up, and he. When you start thinking about f- people that come from a family, and you're like, okay, well, who's the most talented in the family? And you have like my sisters were great singers, and I'm a decent athlete, right? Um, but Alex, decent. <laughs> decent. But Alex, if you had to put it on as far as who is the most talented, he could watch a movie, and then mimic the movie word for word and be exactly how it sounds on the movie or TV or cartoon. Do all the voices. All the voices and and exactly what they say, how they say it, the spacing. Like, it was uncanny how good he was at that. 
And at one point in our lives, I told Alex, you know, when we were, you know, young adults, I was like, you need to be in Vegas making a million dollars. You really do. And if you if you don't know how to do it, you have the the talent to do it. You got to figure out how to do this. But I think with Alex, um, I think one of the big things that with Alex is that he lacked ambition. So I think if you have a ton of talent and your or your brother has a ton of talent or you have family members that have a ton of talent and you would love to see them, you know, make make the best that they can with that talent and you they don't do it it's it's kind of uh i don't know you know disappointing as a you know i would love for him to be you know in vegas making a ton of money and being the most successful person in the family so that was a little bit about alex growing up um he didn't really have a lot of his own friends like i had a ton of friends that came to the house and then alex would pick and choose of which friends he wanted to hang out with mine um and so uh, basically, uh, we had a normal childhood. I know Alex got in a car wreck when he was 16 and he, uh, hit his head and had a hematoma on his head. And some people in our family, uh, feel like, you know, Alex was never the same after that wreck. Um, but, uh, it's, it's hard to imagine that the brother that I grew up with, playing sports and laughing and swimming and going on vacations with and, you know, all these things that he could have done what he ended up doing. And so the question I think a lot of people want to know is how did he do it? Like, how do you go from being normal, quote unquote, normal to assassin to killing and I feel like he wanted to be part of something because he really felt like he disappointed himself in life um, with how he how he was. Like he got married really early for like a couple of weeks and then got divorced. Then after that, no wife, no kids, didn't experience being a dad or a husband really. Um, and so, uh, and then you know we talked about you know him wanting to be part of the church and then got excommunicated and when Rex ended up baptizing him again when he mm -hmm. came back to the church. So he, he had the inside, like he wanted to do good. He wanted to be good at, at one point. Um, and then disappointed himself again by, you know, you know, getting excommunicated again. Um, and so I feel like part of this where he got mixed up with Chad and Lori was he wanted to belong to something. He wanted to be important for somebody. And boy, Chad and Lori sold him a bag of beans in the beanstalk. I mean, he bought into whatever they were selling. And he wanted to be part of something. And he wanted to feel right. And so, and he thought, in my opinion, you know, looking at this from the outside, I feel like Lori and Chad had Alex feeling like he was this angel from another, you know, world. And I don't know what Chad's thing is, but I know he claims that, you know, he's lived in different worlds and then he claims that he's been married to other women. And, but he told uh, Alex that Alex was an angel that appeared to Laman and Lemuel when they were beating up Nephi in the book of Mormon, that 
that was Alex. He he did that in a previous life. And Chad had Alex believing that. So with Chad and Lori's influence on Alex that he's this great person from another life, and in this life, he's here to protect them or do the same kind of things, cleaning up their mess or whatever it is. So, Adam, let me um, suggest go back a little bit if you would. There's a certain experience where he really bought in that he shared with you because I heard it from you. Uh, listening to a podcast, yeah. Can you, can you share that? And because it was like a conversion experience from the old Alex to the new. In my mind, that was the turning point. Right. Well, Lori started <clears throat> listening to podcasts and reading books, and I guess some of the books were Chad's or whatever. Um, and then she wanted everybody in our family to read these books and listen to these podcasts because she said, they're just so great. You'll love them and all this. Obviously, I didn't ever take part in any of it. I am not interested in those kinds of things. But Alex was. So Alex ended up at one point in his life, He we sat down one night. It was 1 o'clock in the morning. And we talked about how many jobs Alex had in his life. And he was over the 400 mark of jobs. And I was like, so explain that to me. He goes, well, sometimes I go in, I got a job and the next day I didn't like it. So I quit. So, but we went through this thing with jobs. So his last job that he had before he quit that to join Lori and Chad's whatever, he was an 18 wheel uh, truck driver. And so he would go on these road trips. And when I used to call Alex, I tried to, you know, him and I weren't close. So I would try once in a while to call him and check on him. Hey, how are you? Where are you at? Where are you driving to? You know, if you're coming through town, this is when I lived in Kansas. I said, when you come, when you come through Wichita, make sure you stop. Let's, you know, go eat or something like that. And that happened a couple of times. And during that time, you know, when you're a, a truck driver, I'm sure you have to find things to do because you're driving a truck for a really long time. And so Alex, the comedian, loved comedy. He loved to laugh. So he would listen to the Comedy Network for hours and hours and hours on these trips. And he would tell me, oh, you know, this comedian said this. And we would chit-chat about, you know, funny stuff. Well, once Lori told Alex, hey, you got to listen to some of these podcasts. Well, then Alex has all this time in the world to drive in his 18-wheeler truck with nothing else to do and starts listening to these podcasts. So while he's listening to these podcasts, he gets hooked on listening to these podcasts. And I think the one thing that he said, he was listening to a podcast from a guy named Chad Stroud. Is that right? Or I don't know the name. Uh, somebody, something Stroud, I think. And he's like, you have got to listen to this, Adam. And I was like, what? Uh, and of course, Lori's already trying to get me to read books and listen to podcasts that I won't do. And so now he's now on the same same wavelength. He's like, you got to listen to these podcasts. I said, well, what are they about? He's like, well, it's it's deep doctrine. So you, I don't know if you're going to really understand it, but you're going to have to really pay attention. But this <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is Alex. Yeah. Saying it's deep doctrine. I don't know if you'll understand. Right. Okay. I have to laugh at that yeah. because- Alex is not known as a deep doctrine type of guy. Right. So the fact that he would say that is uh, kind of <laughs> So you of knew humorous. there was a change. Right. So at this point, there's, there's definitely been a change. So he says to me, 
Um, I've gotten more truth and light and felt the spirit stronger than I've ever have in my whole life by listening to this one podcast than I have in my whole life of going to church. That statement really scared me by having somebody say something like that. So at that point, I was like, huh, Alex, <laughs> what are you doing? Go. I said, don't you want to listen to comedy again? Can't you turn the comedy channel? He goes, no, you don't understand. You need to. I said, so, and I literally asked him, so do you listen to the same podcast over and over again or different podcasts? He goes, well, once, once the new one doesn't come out, then I'll, I'll listen to another one over, you know, listen to it again. So he was just repeating, listening to this Stroud's whatever, or Julie Rose podcast or whoever. So he was in that frame of mind of being already converted over from what Lori and Chad had told him who he was and what he was. And I've heard rumors about Chad giving Alex um, blessings and uh, making him feel like he was a special being and special person. And so um, I, I don't know how somebody can make a huge change like that and not think about anything else. Um, but I think it's happened to Lori and I think it's happened to Alex. It's kind of like what we talked about in the previous podcast with Lori. Mm -hmm. Lori was already going down this road, predicting the end of the world. Um, you know, call out things and, you know, you, this is going to happen on this date kind of stuff. And she got Alex involved in that too. And I remember one time Lori and Alex had predicted something was going to happen in the spring of whatever year it was. In April, something was supposed to happen. Well, April came and gone, and I called Alex in May. And I was like, hey, wasn't something big supposed to happen? Was this Weren't we supposed to be living in tents in the, in the desert somewhere? And he's like, no. And I was like, well, that's what you said. And then him and Lori would backtrack about what they said. Well, it probably means this, 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 or this. So it's just weird that, you know, they never really had confirmation with anything that they predicted or said was going to happen. And, but they kept on going down that route anyways. So I'm not really sure what made Alex attract to wanting to, you know, be with Lori and Chad, except for they were taking him in. And I think he was at a point in his life where he wanted to be wanted and he wanted to be needed. So, how do you then get on board where Chad and Lori say, we need you to kill Charles, kill Brandon, kill the kids, help me kill Tammy. Like, I don't know in his mind how he would justify that. Do you? No, I don't know is the right answer. But let's talk about this because we've both talked before and speculated and psychologists call this what I'm about to talk about, cognitive dissonance. But it's what all of us do when there's something in our life that we just want it. And our conscience says, no, not a good idea. Well, we do it anyway. We all have that experience. Any of us, anyone listening to the podcast, podcast can think back right now, say, when was the last time you ate something you shouldn't have eaten? When was the last time... You drank something you should have drank. When was the last time you said something to someone you shouldn't have said? And we can all think back, oh, yeah. Well, it's your conscience telling you that you should have or shouldn't have. It's not me. It's not someone externally. But when you want that and your conscience says, nope, not a good idea, you, we all say, 
I don't want to listen to you right now, conscience. I want to make room in my life for this. And so you adjust your life, your belief system, your head around to make room for that. That's not an, that's part of just hum, the human experience. We do that and we do it until we either say, oh, I really didn't want that. Or we keep it in our life because we've adjusted our life around it and we don't, we don't go further because we know our conscience was right. I'll just do this much. I just won't go any further and there's no harm in that. Okay. But what it seems that Alex did and Lori did is they became extremists. We hear about extremists all the time, don't mm. we, in the news oh, yeah. and religious connected with religion. They become, he became extremist and just said to the conscience, you just take a seat a long ways away. I'm not going to listen to you anymore because my belief system, what I've convinced my belief system is, is adjusting around everything I want. I want to take this path. So forget my conscience. I'll adjust my world around whatever makes this path okay. And... They just never had their conscience check it, and they just kept going. Fortunately, I mean, all of us have that propensity. We have that ability to do that. Fortunately, no one becomes as extreme as Lori, Alex. I don't uh, know of – well, Chad, apparently. Yeah. Um, anyone, anyone that becomes that evil has gone through the same process. We all go through that same process. Right. We just listen to our conscience earlier that checks us and thank goodness, thank everyone that's listening and everyone else in the world that hasn't taken it to that extreme where they murder their children and bury them in a pet cemetery. So you heard, you've heard the term where somebody says, well, that person doesn't have a conscience because you can't have a conscience if you're doing that. So they do have a conscience, they but are, they decide, right? Every decision point along the way, they're deciding to not listen, to not... I don't even like the word listen because it's not a sensory thing. You don't hear something. Yeah. They are not, a, they don't want to acknowledge it. They don't want to be aware of it because it makes them feel bad. So, well, going back to this, going back to, you know, the murders of Tylee and JJ, I did not go to court. I did not listen to how they were good killed. Mo good move. Um, I've tried to stay away as much as possible from details because I don't know um, how I can digest that. So I know a lot of people listening right now know way more about that than I do. But just the fact that Alex was involved with, in my opinion, Chad and Lori, um, to get on this rampage of killing and for God's purpose. He wouldn't do it on his own just to kill somebody. His mindset had to have been, Lori and Chad are gathering these 144,000 people. I want to be important. They told me that I'm the one of the main people to do this. So whatever it is that they're telling me I need to do, I, the Lord is 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 okaying all of this for His cause. That's the only thing that I can feel like the only thing that makes sense in my brain, which would have Him do that. Yeah, let me weigh in on that. I'm, <coughs> I'm with you completely. And when 
we decide to do that, it's all about the decisions we make along along the way. And each point, we could make the opposite decision and change the whole course. One of the silver linings we want people to get out of this is to realize wherever we are on a path, when we decide, you know, that was not the right path to take, we can change by the decisions we make and not go further on that path and even go back. We can't undo what we've done because consequences belong to natural law. So we can't change the result of our decisions, but we can make better better decisions. Now, in the case of, of Alex wanting to be important and to contribute, uh, I agree with you. I don't know of a different way to interpret what he did than that. Okay. It, your choice not to find the details of the death of, of Tylee and JJ. I'm with you. My wife and I consciously said, we don't, we don't want those details. We're dealing with enough, and we don't know how to deal with all this. And that's still true. And we said, we don't, we don't want those details. Well, I went to court with my daughters. Um, when I went, it was to support them so we yeah. could all – and share expenses of yeah. their in court – um, or the trip, and and we all wanted to process together. Well, I we picked the wrong days, and so I'm in court when they had the forensic evidence oh. and went through in painful detail about how the children were killed. Yeah, um, yeah, that was t- that's tough to deal with. I didn't want those details either, but I got them. Yeah, and during that, I looked at uh, my daughter. Melissa, I had my head down. We're just everyone, everyone in the courtroom, I'm sure, is going through the same thing. How do we, what do we do with this information? How do we process this? This is, this is beyond our comprehension of evil. So if there's something beyond evil or beneath evil, mm-hmm. this is it. I'll, I'll spare you the details, but I didn't know, I didn't know it was that level of evil is the only way I can describe it. I looked at my daughter, Melissa, and she had the right look on her face. And I said, what? Now, we aren't supposed to be talking in court. <laughs> right. But I said, what? Did you what? get kicked out? What are you experienced? We didn't. No, okay. We, were, we yeah. were settled here. Yeah. And she said, I am so infuriated right now. And I said, that's it. That's the emotion I'm experiencing, and that's what I need to handle this experience is just to realize, acknowledge how infuriated I am. First of all, that any human could do this to another human, but um, that someone you know and love can do this to someone else you know and love. That's the thing. Yeah. It's not like Alex was a serial killer where he would just go out and kill people to kill. Right. You hear about that. His wasn't about that. His was about he's doing this for a purpose. Even that alone from what they did is just, it's like you said, it's its hard to realize that. The, Alex loved JJ and he loved Tylee. Mm-hmm. It's so, I, I don't know the word for it, but I just can't imagine him going through with it. So let's talk about the God thing for just a second. Um, to weigh in on that, on that again, we aren't in their hearts or minds, so we don't know that this is what w- was going through them. But 
isn't that the human experience throughout history? People that turn away from religion, one reason they give is, look how much hate and crime and killing has been committed in the name of religion. Mm-hmm. And valid, valid point. Yeah. Valid point. When evil people want to gain power over other people, they'll use whatever is at their um, disposal. Disposal, right? thank you, to to influence the other people. So here are Chad and Lori engaged in one of the great causes of history, preparing for Christ's second coming to the earth. Right. And so let's all gather around. And first of all, the people that say, well, that's wacko. That's, you know, hasn't, yeah. hasn't happened the last 2,000 years. The Bible says no one knows the time. Why, why do you think it's right now? Yeah, well, why, we know better. Yeah, we, why are people predicting? Right, yeah. They will. They tell anyone anything to, to meet their purposes. So when people talk about, well, the religious background of Chad and Lori, you know, has some, something to do with this. Of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> it does, but, it's, but they aren't representing a religion. These are evil, sick people making stuff up to influence weak-minded or similarly-minded people right. to do and to give them power, sex, and money, as the prosecution said. Um, uh, the last five minutes here, last four minutes and 40 seconds, I want to talk about Alex's death for a second. Um, because uh, I got the news that Alex had died by Brandon. Brandon actually called me. And told me that don't tell anybody, but I, I just feel like you have to know. The FBI has confirmed this to me and told me that Alex, uh, your brother, has passed away. And I was shocked. No kidding. I was shocked. And at this point, you know, I was cut off from my mom and my dad and my sister. So my family, they didn't know. And I wasn't calling them to tell them that Alex had died. Um, it was such a bizarre, weird um, feeling because I knew what Alex was doing and I was so upset. But then when your brother dies, what emotion is, what was I supposed to have? Like, I don't even know if I cried or was in shock. Um, but when it comes to his death, a lot of people are speculating all kinds of things Mm -hmm. because when you're saying that Alex died of natural causes, with all this, this stuff going on and all the things we heard, you know, I, I'm a believer. My own personal opinion is that I think, you know, he was taken out. And I don't know what poison or what thing they used to, to, to get him, but I, I feel like that went down. That's my personal opinion, and they may prove that. I don't know, but that's what I think. And when Alex died... Um, they had a funeral for Alex, and this is a time where I was cut off from my family. A memorial service. Memorial service. Mm-hmm. And I was not invited to the memorial service. And people said to me, aren't you, why aren't you going to the funeral or the memorial service? I said, well, I wasn't invited. My family doesn't want anybody that didn't think Alex was a hero at that time because they thought that... He killed Charles because Charles was trying to kill Tylee or whatever they believed at the time. So I was not invited to my own brother's 
funeral. You were there and you spoke at it. Uh, not because I felt he was a hero. Let me clarify right, that. Right. <laughs> I believed as you did. It's right. just my family didn't recognize that I believed that, I think, is why I got invited. Why you got invited. Well, I did not get invited, and people were like, but even if I was invited, this is how, this is how torn up I was. I did not want to go to be at my brother's uh, funeral. And I, I don't know if that's the wrong thing to do. I don't know if that's, you know, if there's a right and wrong thing to do. My emotion told me, even if my family was talking to me and, w and invited me to his memorial service, I would not have gone because I knew that he murdered Charles. And in my mind, I just said, I can't do it, even if I was invited. So these are the kind of emotions that I've gone through in the last th four years, up and down and up and down. And like some days I don't want to get out of bed. Some days uh, I just, you know, I wake up. I was like, I hope this was a nightmare. And I wake up and it was it's real life. So um, Alex is now obviously in another place. And I don't know what's going to happen with his life and all the things, the, the next life, if you believe in the next life. But, you know, that's that's a time for a, another podcast. But um, I just want to say that if you have a family member that is going out of line from what you've seen in the past, say something or try to stop or try to encourage them or do. I just feel like maybe I didn't do enough. I feel like sometimes. And no one else feels that way, but I appreciate you sharing that that's how you felt, your emotions. And let me say this, what you just said highlights the fact we don't know the right way to act. How do you act in that situation? Yeah. I don't think there's a right or wrong reaction. We're just, all just experiencing life, all trying to figure it out. Yeah. Well, that's our uh, episode today. Thank you for joining us and listening, and we'll have more podcasts coming up in the future. Hopefully this will help. This has been Tylee and JJ's Silver Linings Podcast. Your input is helping us make sense of this. We encourage your comments on our Facebook page or email Tylee and JJ Silver Linings at gmail.com. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.